0: Tableau for breakfast. People of the Pilbara. Hello and welcome to People of the Pilbara. Now this podcast series is all about you, the people of our town that make Karatha such a special place to live. And I think there's something really unique about people that come to a place maybe they've never heard of in the middle of a desert, apparently with nothing to do. But as we all know, a lot of us come for a six month to 12 month plan and end up staying a decade like I did. <laughs> so this podcast series, we're going to have a chat to everyday people that call Caratha home and find out what they do here, what they love about Caratha and what's next in their journey. And this week's guest is Clint Johnston. We speak to Jono about what it's been like in Caratha over the last couple of decades, life in Caratha back in the 70s and 80s, the importance of the Caratha Cats and sport in Jono's life, and what's next for him and his family. So sit back, grab yourself a cuppa, and enjoy my chat with Jono and his journey to call Caratha home. Clint, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, probably. Feels a bit awkward uh, calling you Clint, because I only knew you, I think, for many, many years as uh, Jono.
1: Yeah, correct. Uh, comes to the last name being Johnston, and obviously the, uh, the old boy's Jono, my brothers mm. and sisters are all Jono, and... Wife's also called John, I says the young fella. So.
0: <laughs> Gets a bit confusing. Uh, but let's rewind because uh, before I hit record, I, I was kind of asking you uh, your relationship with the Pilbara and how it came about. And I, I don't know if you remember this, but you were one of the first people I sort of met when I came to Karatha, And uh, you were sort of like the, hu- you. I, don't know, I think you still are now, sort of one of the people that sort of uh, know so many people in town. And, you know, you've been here, you've got a, a strong tradition in, in town. But before we hit record, uh, you said that initially uh, you and your family for Millstream. I mean, there there wouldn't have been many families living out there.
1: No, no, that's right. We uh, moved from, I think, from Derby to Millstream when I was a kid, about probably four or five, give or take. Mm -hmm. And then um, there was just a a workshop out there with the workers for the uh, water supply, public works department back then. Um, There would have been, I think from memory, 20-odd workers and a couple of houses, and, um, yeah, basically lived out there back when you used to be able to ski on deep reach. The old, the old boy had a ski boat. And, yep. And uh, my friends were pretty much snakes, cockatoos, a <laughs> couple of dogs and a cat, I reckon.
0: <laughs> and then you made the, the big move, which would have been a big move, you know, uh, to, to Karatha sort of late 70s. Do you remember those early days of turning up here?
1: Yeah, very vaguely. I, <clears throat> one thing I do remember, uh, living in Millstream, we used to come into town fortnightly. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that was a sort of big treat to get to see the uh, farmers back then, the shopping centre of farmers, which Mm. is now the Woolworths. Mm -hmm. And then moving into town, obviously, uh, back then, I think Pegs Creek was just getting built, or part of Pegs Creek had been built. Mm -hmm. So it was a very small town um, back then, and I've got a couple of friends we're still friends with now from year one. Wow. Um, A couple of other guys have moved back, and we keep in touch um, from some Perth mates as well. So, yeah, coming back into Carrethra, it's changed a lot from definitely the first time around in in the late 70s.
0: So was that Karatha Primary School? Yes. Yeah. So they celebrated, I think it was their 50th anniversary last year, I want to say, or maybe potentially the year before? I think so, yes. Um, So, yeah, incredible. And it must be interesting for you because we've spoken to many people on the podcast and and a lot of people have come sort of later in life, right? And I know that you moved away for a bit and then ended back up here and did your high school uh, here. But to still be in the town where basically you've spent the majority of your life uh, must be pretty... Cool thing to walk around and see the, the changes, the developments, and, you know, yeah. reminisce about Karratha as well.
1: Yeah, certainly. The growth's growth's been sensational, probably from uh, <clears throat> when royalties his regions sort of kicked mm-hmm. in. That that was definitely a, a significant, oh, I guess, the first time around, uh, Woodside opening up in the yeah. early mid-80s. That, that was definitely a massive expansion. Um, I remember we used to live in Pegs Creek, and that was considered, um, you know, a big, big trip to go to <laughs> school at Bulgara. Yep. And then we, when I first came back in the mid-80s, uh, early 80s, 80, 84, I think it was, um, we moved to Nickel, and we were one of five houses in Nickel, so <laughs> <laughs> that was a long way to go to high school each day there, but used to ride me push bike every day.
0: <laughs> so what's kept you in town? Because obviously uh, you, you've really established yourself uh, now here, you've got family here, you've got kids that have uh, been here, some moved away to, to study, but uh, what's kept you in town?
1: I think the lifestyle the weather's pretty good although the summer's hurting me a bit more every year as I get older but um yeah this is our my my third time coming back first time through through family move with with the parents and um I guess the second time as well Mm. doing my high schooling here but the third time I remember um, my wife Mel and I were in Perth we had our first child Cody and we were in middle of summer in Perth I think just out the back and the grass was wet and I just said to (laughs) said to Mrs nah this is this is not right middle (laughs) of summer and we're on wet grass and she's she's an outdoor child so we decided to make the move back up and yeah, joined uh, the family business, um, Northwest Training, and sort of been here ever since.
0: Yeah. Well, as far as the, the lifestyle uh, is concerned, what do you think is the the perks of Karratha from your point of view?
1: Oh, I think one of the main ones has been community over the years, mm-hmm. sport. Mm-hmm. Sport's been huge up here for me, um, and for the whole family for that matter. Um, lifestyle, obviously having the islands here is, uh and luckily enough to have a shack out the islands too, I guess, having yep. a boat, so... Um, yeah, we're not that far from the Kimberley, we're not that far from inland Karajini and, you know, end of the day it's a two-hour flight to Perth if you need to, to keep in a bit of touch with your but mm. definitely community and, and just the, the sporting that the town has now. Um, with the facilities we've got it's sensational
0: well speaking about the sporting I know that uh, I think maybe one of the reasons I first met you was playing for Coral Trouts basketball <laughs> uh, running around and uh, we were having a, a good shot back in the uh, you know 10 years ago or whatnot. not uh, but you've been heavily involved with the Karratha Cats over the years I just asked you how many games you've played you don't know you've played that many uh,
1: no nah, no. I think <laughs> well, in, in, yeah certainly uh, In when I first started with the Cats that was 89 and 88 mm-hmm. um, and that really came about because there was no Colts team. I finished juniors, and there was no Colts team at the time, so just went and trained with the seniors and um, started playing then. Um, back then, it was all paper records. Um, mm. I know a good mate of mine, Jeff Harris, Bumbler, um, yeah. the, he was around then as well, and a lot of it was kept in, in handwritten records. So, <clears throat> um, But, no, very fortunate. Yeah, sort of played with the Cats for a lot of years, and obviously moved to Perth for six years in 1990, five years, and then came back into 95, and then continued playing, yeah, till I was early 30s. Yep. Got too old and <laughs> too <laughs> hard.
0: <laughs> so when you when you were playing for Cats in those early days, did you realise that the club would still be going now? Was there a, an idea and a bit of a plan for the Cats back then? Yeah, think? no, definitely, definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, I was very, very fortunate. 1989 was our first club rooms got built and um, we were involved in that. I remember mm. used to convince a bus driver going home to Nickel to drop me off at the the Tilbrook Road there and go down and help the boys build a bit here and there and (laughs) so yeah no the the club's always had a very strong foundation um it's some 50 odd years now as well Mm. um this year last year sorry and uh it's you know heartbreaking a lot of ways to move out of the old club rooms Mm -hmm. from from me being that I was lucky enough to be able to help build them but Mm. you got to understand what we've got now with the facilities and not just for football it's um a lot of other sports involved from a club point of view and it's a it's a community facility with events. and the basketball courts are going up there, yeah, in uh, the next year or three. Um, so it's it's definitely meeting the needs of the community.
0: Yeah, I, I, it is uh, fascinating because I went to the uh, the official opening uh, a couple of months ago, and the atmosphere that it sort of created, having all those people in the stands. What was it like back though in the eighties and nineties? Like, <laughs> we, we, did people used to park around it? Or how had how did it work?
1: No, it's funny. I don't ever remember. The, the uh, local footy with cars around the Oval was like you oh, do okay. sort of down southwest yeah. and that. Um, but I do remember they used to have a pretty good beer tent. Uh, there was a caravan. Uh, there was an old caravan, which we decked oh, yeah. out into a, into a, a, a portable bar. It um, used to be in the pocket on the Oval. And I know we used to get visited by the establishment quite regularly <laughs> through various reasons with the crowd and whatnot. But um, it, it's, again, it's another one. You know, I, I clearly remember in the very early days before the club rooms were built, we used to work out of a six by four trailer. And that was the, uh, mm-hmm. that was the bar. Mm. So, yeah, it was really good. Obviously, the crowds over the years they go up and down. Um, you know, I think, but the feedback I'm getting with the, the new sort of uh, club rooms in the grandstand is um, even from opposition teams. It's it's a great facility, and everyone's really enjoying the um, the atmosphere there. Except for that one light pole still in the way, which I believe a good mate of mine is going to be moving in the, in the near future. <laughs> uh,
0: so, obviously, you've, you've seen so much uh, change in Caratha. I remember when the, the traffic lights came in. There was a big uproar <laughs> yes. about that. Uh, when I first moved to town as well, the post office was being moved from... Uh, they closed the one down in uh, Dampier, sorry, and, and brought it all into Caratha. The swimming pool moved. I mean, these are pretty massive things, right? We finally got a main street of town. The quarter was built. Pelagos were built. For you, though, looking at everything over the last couple of decades, is there any... Yeah thing in particular that was a real game changer as far as livability for the town's concerned do you think?
1: Yeah yeah certainly <clears throat> um again I mentioned earlier when royalties for regions come in um pretty much I don't believe much happened with the town from a growth perspective from that preceding 10 years odd since we all came back in um uh 95 odd mm-hmm. and I don't think it happened a lot then there was the place was booming there was a lot of construction on it wasn't until royalties regions came in and a lot of money got invested you know through various various uh different right. organizations yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah government as well as private enterprise you know business and that certainly changed it you you talk to new people coming into town now and and are, are, you know they actually can't believe that how good this the center of the city is looking um swimming pool moving that was a bit of a bit of a change obviously because that's where we used to go all the time yeah. and you now move to the leisureplex and Having, uh, you talked about traffic lights, I definitely remember I might have said to you once or twice, if the, the day to get traffic lights is the day I leave, but <laughs> I look elsewhere and I don't know where else to go right now, so <laughs> stuck in Carrethra at the minute.
0: Yeah, there's not many places without traffic lights. Either. I guess Dampier, you could go to Dampier, right?
1: Yeah, well, that's obviously automatic out there, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's funny that pool, because I remember a lot of people being quite... Uh, yeah, obviously I didn't really have a connection to the swimming pool. So for me, you know, it wasn't where I sort of swam as a kid or anything. So for me, it seemed logical to, to close it and uh, the new facility. And I still remember that day when the facility opened and we were um, broadcasting up there. And when people walked through, you could see just their smiles on their faces light up and they couldn't believe, you know, how good the, the swimming pool was and the basketball. And it really changed things, right? Because that old KC, there was one court, <laughs> one court for everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. And even before that, I remember as a kid playing basketball out in the um, asphalt courts. and. yeah. You learnt how not to fall over because you'd, you'd end up with no, nothing left on your knees and your elbows. Yep. Um, and it used to be a massive win if you managed to get to play A grade, I think, and then you'd get to play in the inside court because yeah. A grade basketballers were too good to play on the outside courts. <laughs> but no, having the leisureplex now, that's sensational, isn't it? You know, yeah. three full courts inside, basketball, netball, all the other sports there, and and having the outdoor courts it's it's a huge facility for the town definitely mm. definitely
0: uh so if I gave you the magic wand and you could do anything Jono, you could add something to town you could build something you could get rid of something is there anything that you'd
1: do Ooh, that's a really good question i've I thought about that one what what I'd like to do and not do uh I really, yeah, I'm really not 100% sure there. Get rid of, better boat ramp and Dampier maybe. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> better boating facilities, maybe a marina, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely no. a marina. I, I, yep. I think I think the place Dampier slash Carratha definitely deserves a marina. Mm. Just to look after the commercials, plus the, the private vessels as well. You know, I, I know a lot of yachties come up and down the coast and they might stop in a Dampier for a day or two, top up supplies and then keep moving because we don't really have the facilities here mm-hmm. um from a maritime point of view but no i think if probably one thing definitely marina um 100% there you know um we got rid really of the entertainment center and you have got the reek now as well so that's that's great moves um yeah no I'd, I'd say marina with my boating side
0: yeah well i think the access to the water right sometimes you can forget when you're in the heart of Karatha that yeah the water is right there
1: Yeah, so like yeah. It, yep. it's
0: right there yep. except sometimes it's not accessible yeah,
1: totally. It's, it, that's the hardest thing, even like we are tidal, and mm. I, I guess that's just one of the things we have to put up with. But if you had an all-purpose marina, all time marina, then um, that'd be gold and mm. even the boat ramps type thing there. But um, <clears throat> from a town point of view, I, I, I think we're going the right direction as long as traffic lights don't keep increasing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, we always bring this get, this question on our guests, uh, party trick or uh, something that people wouldn't know about you. If they met you... Uh, is there something, you know, in your your dark past or a party trick that uh people would be surprised to to learn about? <laughs> yeah.
1: You, you Threw that one on me, mate. Um, <laughs> I know my daughter's mortified when I pretend to do the uh the TikTok clock dance, you know. Oh, so right. yeah, that that comes out every now and then and <laughs> as a teenager, my youngest teenager, Tani, she always rolls her eyebrows and uh gives me the dad thing, you know. So no, probably that's uh it's one of the ones here, yeah, but no, I don't have too many party tricks, mate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, speaking of family life, obviously um, a lot's changed for you over the last couple of decades and raising your family here. Um, how, how have you found it as a, you know, transitioning from a place where you were in high school to then having your kids go to high school here?
1: Yeah, look, obviously, um, I think it's great. I, I also do believe that the place you grow up in, you should get out for a bit as well. Mm-hmm. So Lucky enough, the oldest two, they've sort of finished. They left Karratha for a bit and um, have, have come, since come back. And uh, locally, um, the youngest, I'm not too sure what she's doing yet. She's yep. in the last year, year 12. But it's funny, you see a lot of other uh, crew that I sort of grew up with, um, younger and older, and have also left but have also come back. Mm. So obviously, the town's doing something right. Mm. Um, I think the employment side is helping as well with uh, industry, trying to support employing local. You know, best they can, obviously. Okay. But no, certainly, you know, I think just the facilities now is great. You see, you see a lot of people that have left and they come back and, as you said, they've got the the centre of town there, um, the high-rises, the cafes, mm-hmm. the shops, the even just some of the bars that are open at night, you know, not just the pubs but also the little bars and that with um, the different facilities they offer is great. Um, live music, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day there was... It was sort of one band, and that was at the tavern on a Friday night. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, speaking of entertainment, uh, you may be able to help me on this. The, the Cockroach Cup, right, is obviously a uh, huge thing with the Carrara cats massive. each and every year. Were you there at the the beginning of it, or in the early years? How, how did it all come about?
1: Oh, I probably officially was a little bit young to go to that event. Yeah, but <laughs> I may I, I may have attended, <laughs> but. Uh, no, I think it started a year or two before I <clears throat> started playing seniors, but it actually originated, um, believe it or not, after training one night. From what right. I understand, yeah, yep. in, in the in the change rooms there we used to have a thing called Chook Lotto on a Monday, um, <laughs> which it was a pretty big event. After yep. back then, footy used to, play to be played on a on a Sunday, right? So if you're in Headland, you sort of didn't get home till midnight, maybe, yeah. And then we had Chook Lotto on Monday after training, which is just an, a bit of another legendary thing. But yeah. Cockroach Cup stemmed from there, and then it just grew, and it's definitely one of the major, major fundraisers for the club. Um Actually, this year, I noticed it got a massive amount of uh, media. Mm. Um, good luck to the uh, lovely lady that won it, Nate the Cockroach, on national TV, so, I guess.
0: So where did that come from? Where did that tradition come from? Was that there at the beginning, as,
1: far oh, as, well as I re- remember? I really can't remember back in the early, early days, but I, th- I think... um it definitely stemmed not too long after it originated and the winner just ate the cockroach and since then it's become <laughs> mandatory. Yeah, um,
0: that stops me going because I'm too <laughs> And I know I'll just never be able to get out of it, right? Once you win, I mean, you've got Buckley's chance getting out of that.
1: So you make sure you get in a syndicate. <laughs> never <laughs> right. buy one on your own. Get in a syndicate and find someone who's game enough to uh, split the funds. Right, but,
0: that's the strategy. Yeah definitely, yeah, definitely,
1: definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, But uh, no, nah, the club does a wonderful job there, the boys. So I know... Um, yeah, go out to a particular secret spot to obtain the cockroaches yeah. and uh yeah it's massive it's huge yeah it's huge
0: um so what's next for you Jono what's next
1: ah this stage mate I'm getting towards the back end of my working career hopefully love to be able to a retire soon but um yep. no happy in Carather at the moment we my wife Mel and I we look around we think where we may want to go and where we may what we may want to do and mm-hmm. we just keep returning back here I think um the summers are definitely hurting me a bit, so <laughs> no, probably uh, just try and get out in that boat a bit more. To be honest with you, um, it's pretty hard at the moment, but because obviously we're very busy with work around, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot going on, mm. a lot going on. So
0: yeah, well, speaking of work, you, you did mention um, the fact that yeah, family business. Um, how's that been over over the years?
1: Oh, it's always challenging in a yeah. family business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say we haven't had a fair few rips uh, yeah. between me, the old boy, and the brothers, <laughs> the sister, and the wife for that matter too. Yeah. Um, but look, it's great. Um, I, I, For me, contracting is, is me. I've, I've done it pretty much uh, second job after my first job at Coca-Cola and mm-hmm. been doing it ever since. It's in my blood. Um, I like the, the freedom when it's there to be able to um, make choices if I can take a day off or Shuffle things around for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Hence, I'm in here today during work time. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it definitely has its positives.
1: Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. It can be very hard, but very challenging as a small business, um, yeah. especially at the moment in the current environment. Um, employment's very difficult. Um, skills is very mm-hmm. short in Australia. But that's, uh, we've been through it before with the, the various booms in Carrara and Yeah. And I think we're technically not in a boom right now, but we're we're definitely busy. Yeah, we're sure definitely feels busy. Like it, Yeah, me? we don't call it a boom anymore. No. It's just normal.
0: <laughs> uh, well, John, I really appreciate you uh, coming in and uh, sharing your story.
1: Yeah, no, excellent, mate. Thanks very much for having me. The feel-good start to your day. This is Pablo for breakfast. It's triple-